thank you so much for bringing us here today. God, I know that in this place you've got something amazing for every single one of us in here. So God, I pray over all of us that if any of us came in here with, with something on our mind other than you, with circumstances or something that's happened this week or just even a spirit that's just not in this place yet, I pray that you break that from us. I pray that your Holy Spirit is thick in this place. I pray that we can't help but encounter your word and your truth tonight. And I pray that there's none of us that can fake this tonight. For those of us that are, that are straying, just off the path a little, we're running from you a little. God, I pray that you bring that to our mind. For those of us that, honestly, we don't even have a relationship with you. I pray that you bring that to our mind. I pray that our hearts are, are beating so wildly. Our mind is racing so much that we can't deny that you are our king. Thank you so much for our life. Thank you so much for bringing us here tonight. Would you please have your way with us? It's in your name we pray. Amen. Recently, a, a good friend of mine just lost his job. Uh, 20 years he's worked at a, at a ski resort. I think it's like 21, 22 years even. He's worked at a ski resort. Um, he's been a, been a very faithful employee. I mean, he did everything right. You know, just one of those really good guys, the kind of guy that you would, you would want, you know, if, if you owned a business. And, and he's been very faithful to this company. And so it's not any, any big mistake of his that, that he, he's just been laid off. It's more just uh, economy. And so the company downsizes. And, and here my friend is, um, great guy, um, and he's laid off. I was able to talk with him a little bit, and I cannot believe, I cannot believe this guy. He, he's excited because he's doing a lot of fishing right now. He's jobless. He's doing a lot of fishing. He's, he's very excited about that. And he's excited for this setback because he knows that, you know, financially speaking and all that stuff in his life, he's excited for this setback because in this setback, it's really God, it's just a set, uh, God, it's a setup for him, for God to do something incredible in this man's life. And I don't know about you, but when things happen to me that is kind of looks like a setback, it's hard to have a good attitude. It's hard to see beyond today. It reminds me of Philippians 1.6. And in essence, this says, keep moving forward with all your life. God promises he will bring you to a flourishing end. And so it doesn't matter what your days are looking like, what these setbacks are, are coming into your life. It doesn't matter about that. Maybe recently the world has shoveled a lot of extra doses of despair into your life. Maybe recently the world around you financially is really tight and it doesn't look good. Or maybe recently you've been betrayed or you're barely getting by or you're experiencing setbacks. But the good news is this, is that disappointment is not our final chapter. Disappointment is not our final chapter. And in fact, God never ends on a negative. And we can hang our hat on that because what God has started in us, he's going to bring it to completion, and so it doesn't matter what is happening in our life if we can stand up every day and say, you are our king. Any of you experienced setbacks? Any of you gone through rough times? And is it hard to go through? 
absolutely is hard to go through. I get frustrated. I get mad. I get angry. I get every action word we can put in there when my perspective is wrong. When my perspective is that God will finish what he started and it's about his name being known in my life. Like my friend, unable to see these setbacks as a setup for God to do incredible things. If you have a pen, grab your note, write this down for tonight. Our, O-U-R, it's hard to say. Our, how we walk should line up with how we talk. Or how we walk should line up with how we talk. If you were here last week, uh, you experienced a pretty high energetic resurrection message because I was full of caffeine. And I was very excited. There's no other week the entire year, especially Easter weekend, that pastors shouldn't be able to jump up and down and get crazy. You got it? Are you with me? You with me? Because we're talking about the resurrection and this is the thing that sets everything apart from every religion in the whole world. We serve a God that is alive. Amen to that. Amen to that. And this week is typically the week when pastors kind of go into a depression. <laughs> because we just gave all we had last weekend and, and we come into this week and it's like, God, what, how do we top that? I mean, that's like the top of the line. And all week long, I've been struggling, I've been wrestling, I've been praying. I'm like, God, what message can we say that goes right after the resurrection? And he's like, hey, brilliant man. Go to the next chapter. I'm like, okay. So we just follow through and we go to the next chapter. And I want us to go to Luke chapter 24. We're going to start in verse 13. And this is the setup. Jesus has died on the cross. He's been buried in the grave, in the tomb. He's set in there. Three days later, what happens? He rises from the dead. And that was Easter. That was our celebration. We get to verse 13, and, and that thing I had you write down, our how we walk should line up with how we talk, is going to make a lot of sense to you when we go through these passages. Luke 24, verse 13, if you have your U version, you can follow along on there. If you need a Bible, we had, a, we had someone donate Bibles to us, so they're right back there. You can use it for tonight, or if you need it, take it home, it's yours, but follow along in verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. And then it says a little bit later that their mind was, was blurred. They couldn't see who Jesus was. And in verse 17 says this, They stood still with faces downcast. Right, here's the story. This is three days after Jesus died. These disciples are on the road. And they're going from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It's a seven mile road. So they're on this road and they're talking. And they're talking about all this stuff that's happening. And I, and, and I couldn't really grasp their conversation until I got to verse 17 where it was saying, They stood still with their faces downcast downcast. So that really told me what kind of conversations they were having as these two gentlemen were walking away from Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where everything was happening. So I want you to write this down. Lost focus. Number one. Lost focus. These two gentlemen as they were walking from Jerusalem three days after Jesus died and they've been hearing rumors of Jesus isn't in the grave. They lost focus. 
Or if you want to put it in a different way, they were walking alone. These two disciples are walking from Emmaus. They're walking away from Jerusalem. Why? Why are they going that way? Jerusalem is where all the action is happening. That's where the disciples are, the apostles are. This is when all this stuff's going. Why in the world are they leaving Jerusalem at this time? Why are they walking out? Why are they going alone? This should be one of the most monumental moments in their life. Because Jesus, the guy that they've been ser- serving and following, the Savior, has now, he's died, and rumors are, he's risen from the grave, and they're going to Emmaus? Why are they going to Emmaus? And I'm thinking of these guys. Man, I think they're losing focus. And on this road, it's like they're in confusion, they're in despair. It's like they're defeated. You know what this is like to me? It's like they're a dog with their tail between their legs and they're running away from Jerusalem. They're confused. They have lost focus. Have you ever lost focus? Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, Focus. It's easy to lose focus. They are focused on the defeat. They're not focused on the victory. They have the greatest victory to celebrate right now. And what are they focusing on? They're focusing on the defeat. Ouch. And then Jesus himself, as it said here, Jesus himself shows up. The guy who's given us life, that sustains us, that has created everything, shows up and starts walking with these two men. Wow. See, these two men, they lost not only the short term, but they also lost the long term focus. Because they were so confused right now. They were in such despair right now. They had lost focus so much that in the short term, Jesus was literally there and they couldn't see him. They didn't recognize him. You ever been there? Every single day I'm there. Jesus walks with us every single moment. So why do I, like a dog with my tail between my legs, run away from Jerusalem and Jesus walking with me? I'm like, oh God, it's going to be terrible. I'm not going to make it through this. My focus is wrong because Jesus is right there. What keeps us from recognizing God in our lives? I want you to ask that question. Maybe even write this down. And if you're on version, you can actually answer this, okay? What keeps us from recognizing God in our lives? Because if we're a Christian, God is in us. Every part of us. That means every day and every place that we go, guess where God is? There. And so if God is there in every moment, in every circumstance, what keeps us from recognizing God in our lives? Is it our circumstances? Our circumstances are bad. Is it the people we're around? Sometimes people around us can confuse us, right? Hanging out with bad people sometimes. Maybe it's just being plain lazy. That we don't recognize where God is. Loss of focus. (laughs) Loss of what's important will kill you. 
Let's go to verse 27 because there's a second thing. They refocused. Remember, they, they, lost, they lost focus because they're on the road. They're in despair and Jesus is right there. But the second part is this, is they're refocused. Or you can also say Jesus walks with them. Look at verse 27. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explains to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Ooh, I love this. I love verse 27. I told you my favorite time in the Bible, my favorite time that I wish I could insert myself in, is later on when Jesus appears to his disciples and he makes them breakfast and he says, come have breakfast with me. That's my favorite spot. I want to be in that spot in the Bible. No one else can have that. It's mine. But this is my second favorite spot, verse 27. Because here I am, I'm on the road to Emmaus. I'm in despair. I am confused. I am in desperation. And what happens? Jesus shows up and he starts explaining to me. He starts explaining to these disciples what has happened. So the man himself shows up in my despair and walks along with me on this road and starts to explain himself the depths of scripture what has happened. Can you imagine what that would be like? How cool of a conversation would that be? If I had the right perspective. Jesus is there and he's walking and he's explaining what's going on. God speaks every moment to us in every single way and every single day. He's walking on this road with us. When the world is sucking us in, you know why? It's because we're not focused on Him. When the world is defeating us, why? It's because we're not focused on Him. We're on this road of despair going to Emmaus. <laughs> Peter. Remember old Peter? We talk about him a lot. I like Peter. What happened to him when he's walking on water and looking at Jesus? Then he takes his eye off. He starts doubting. What happens to him? He starts sinking. When we take our eyes, remove our faith off of Jesus, what happens? We start going down. Yeah, what happened to Peter? When he starts sinking in the water, Jesus, come on. I love you. But what happened to these guys is they're on the road walking to Emmaus. Jesus says, you're out of focus. Let me show up. And starts explaining how much he loves them. Is this good? Does this radiate in you or am I the messed up one here? Maybe you need to be preaching to me. I have no idea. But this is me every single day. Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, his faith wavered, he started sinking in that story. I think about this. This last week, we just had an opportunity to go down with Ashita, and they recorded um, this incredible album. Now I can say it's ten times even more incredible than last weekend, because now I've heard bits and pieces of it. Ouch. Is ouch a good way to explain something good? I don't know. I'll use it. Ouch. It's absolutely incredible. Here's the deal, though. I kind of know Jeremy a lot more than most of us in here, except Jared, his brother, and maybe his wife. However, a part of Jer Jeremy's story that you don't know is he, he's very athletic and had a scholarship to play football at UNC. Um, and because he's so athletic, you know, he caught a ball once and it split his hand open. Like, bad. So you had to get surgery, right? You got surgery, all that junk. Maybe not. I don't Stitches or glue. or I, don't, I have no idea. I just know his hand split open, and that's gross to me. 
Um, and I know the people that he played with went on to be professional, and I have no doubt because of his talent, his scholarship, everything else, that Jeremy could have went on to play NFL football. But he had this torn hand, torn hand. Now, if this is your identity and this is what you do and this is what you're about, this setback is devastating, right? Or is it a setup for later down the line putting out music that's absolutely going to change the world? Is that a setback or is that a God setup? What is it? I have a hunch that whatever is going on in your life right now, if you lose focus, you will be on this road to Emmaus in despair. However, if you stay focused, knowing that Jesus is walking right alongside you, he's going to show you something down the road that's going to blow the NFL away. It's going to blow it away because you're focused on who God is. This is good stuff. I like this, man. It's like building blocks of his greatness. Every single day of our life, whether it's beautiful or whether we think it's ugly, it's God building the blocks of greatness in our life. Why? So his name will be glorified. Amen? Amen! Our how we walk should line up with how we talk. These disciples... Were they talking the way they needed to on the road to Emmaus? I mean, they had seen a lot. They had served Jesus. They have known all this stuff. Yet, that's their walk, right? But as they're walking down to Emmaus, what is their talk? It's nothing but defeat and despair and confusion. Man, how are you talking? How are you walking Are you in this defeat? Is Jesus walking right alongside you, but you can't even see him? See, Jesus knew this. He he showed up, he showed up on the spot, refocused those two men, and he does that to us every single day. And then and then let's look what happened. The third thing is they came alive. They came alive. Go to verse 31. This is the cool spot. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us when he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? See, they lost focus. Jesus shows up on the spot. He refocuses them. And then they came alive. I would encourage you to keep reading the story because what happens is later on it says that when Jesus disappeared, they're in Emmaus now, when Jesus disappeared, at once they got up and they returned back to Jerusalem and they told the disciples and the apostles what had happened and what they had seen and the miraculous thing that just happened to them. Were they now in despair? Were they now dragging their, their feet and going like a dog with his, tails, his tail between his legs running to, going to Emmaus? Or were they at once jumping up from Emmaus, running back full of joy, full of life, full of passion, saying we have seen a miracle and it's God the risen Savior. He has shown himself to us. They came alive because Jesus 
was there. And their focus was on him. They recognized him. Now this is the walk to back their talk. Because they were running to Jerusalem. They were running and they were not defeated. I want us to ask just a, just a couple questions. How many times do we willfully, willfully choose to walk away from God and what He has for us? That one hits home for me. How many times do we willfully choose to walk away from God and what He has for us? These two guys, as they were going to Emmaus, what about Jerusalem? What about what's going on there? What about that? What about our lives? You know, kind of like that little video we saw at the very beginning. You know, we want the, the big house, the big boat. We want all this stuff. It's all about us, what we can do. You know, but, it, but it's, it's not about that at all. It's about Jesus and what He can do in your life. And it's not even about that. It's about Jesus and the grace that He's put on your life so you can just wake up and say, Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you. Thank you that I have this opportunity to be here right now. And even when we're given this grace, how many times do we willfully choose to simply walk away from Him? And why? To go our own way. Oftentimes, because it's just easier, isn't it? It's just easier. I want to give us one more verse just to, just to wrap this up. And it's kind of a little conclusion to put a bow on this whole thing, okay? And this verse may seem like it's coming out of left field a little bit. It's in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says this. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Don't walk alone. Can I say that again? Don't walk alone. The wolves are out there. They will pick you off and they will destroy you. Don't walk alone. Focus on Jesus and you will be alive. And not only that, you need other people around you that are running after God with all their heart to run with you. Because it takes all of us, it takes a body to run towards Jesus Christ. And if bad company corrupts good character, who does that say we should be spending most of our time with? We should be spending our time with people that are running after God and getting strengthened with each other. Why? So we can show the world and tell the world how much God loves them. But alone, if we think we can walk on the road from, to, from Jerusalem to Emmaus, we will be picked off. We are not strong enough to stand on our own. That's one of the beauties of Project Salt. That's one of the beauties of his church is that together we can lock our hands and we can take Norco or Noco. Norco, that's California. We can take California too, but let's take Noco, okay? Let's take Greeley. Let's take this area. Let's strengthen this area and let's be a body that walks together hand in hand, encouraging each other. 
running after the things that matter. Full of life, full of passion, focused on Jesus Christ and who he is in our life. Does that excite you? That excites me. So I say this, come here often. Here, I mean here, I mean Project Saul. Come here often. Surround yourself with people that are running in a good direction and it's going to make you run that way even faster and you're going to be able to encourage each other on the road because man, I can get off focus so easily and I have to purpose my thoughts, my actions, my will, my everything to stay focused on Jesus Christ. Tonight, you even have an opportunity. We're going to have a game night after this. I will beat you in every game we play, so it'll be embarrassing for you. But it'll be fun to stay. And Oh, Maggie's like, come on, bring it on. Okay, whatever. Maybe, maybe I won't. Maybe you'll beat me. Maybe. But you know what? It's not even about the games. It'll be fun. It's about building the relationships here. And so, if you can, stay and play. And let me beat you. No, I mean, like, really, let me beat you so I feel better about myself. I'm joking. But we also have house church. Here's kind of the bottom line thing. I would be here anytime and every time you can. I would connect with the people here anytime and every time I could. Because I need that encouragement in my life. Because I know it's so easy for me to get on that road, to lose focus, and to go down in despair. You with me? Our, Our how we walk should line up with how we talk. Let me pray for us. God, you are, I don't know. I don't know. You're just good. Thank you. Thank you for every time I get on that road to Emmaus and woe is me, I'm defeated. And you show up because you know I'm too weak to walk on my own. And you walk with me. And you explain yourself to me. You comfort me and you're patient with me. And you're forgiving. And you're encouraging. You're refocusing me. I pray for every single one of us in here that our focus will not be on anything except you and what you're doing in our life. That we will, we will count our blessings. That God will sit back in this wonderful thing called grace and smile. Do we deserve your love? No. And you've given it to us. Incredible. Thank you. I'd like us all to stand right now. And we're just going to continue worshiping in this place. Um, man, you, I hope. Is, was this good? Was God speaking to you tonight? A couple ways you can continue worshiping him is we have two tables back there. You can go and, and partake in, in the Lord's Supper and just remember what, what He's done for you. If you're not even quite sure what that is, you can read the, the little picture frames. It talks a little bit about the Lord's Supper, but it's a very special thing that we get to do.
Um, you can also go, go back there and, and, and joyfully give of your tithe and your offering and put it in there. Um, that supports what's going on here and, and even beyond. And Man, it, it's, just, it's just so good to tithe because we can't let money have a grip on our life. And for me, that's an easy thing to do as well. So maybe you're worshiping God by, by doing that. Um, back there as well, there's response cards. Maybe God was showing you something really cool or you have a prayer request or something. Write that down on there. Um, maybe you, you want to talk to a pastor. Write that down on there. Maybe you, you want to talk to uh, a pastor right now. I'm going to be back there as well. Maybe you're just gonna you're just gonna stand there and, and lift your your hands and, and praise God through the worship and singing out loud. Um, but I want it to to kind of resonate in you and, and kind of brew in you. Are you focused on God or are you focused on something else? Are you walking and talking the same way? <laughs> God, thank you for this place. Thank you for your love. And I pray we continue to worship you with all of our hearts, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. Thank you for the very life you've given us. In your name we pray. Amen.